Hello and welcome to The Fandamentalist, the fandom podcast investigating all aspects of geeky media. Sorry, did I hit my head and wake up in patriarchal bullshit land? Don't put me in charge! It certainly worries me to make self-defeating mistakes out of fear of appearing weak. You were right. We are from different worlds. That is a failing indeed, but I cannot laugh at it. Welcome to the I Disappoint Dad Club. That theme song you just heard is Good Riddance by R. Soner, available for you on the Free Music Archive. My name is Kylie, and here with me are Gretchen. Hello, everybody. And Julia. Yo. <laughs> the three of us write for thefandamentals.com for fundamentally sound fandom analysis. Hopefully that tagline is self-explanatory, but in case it's not, there are all types of podcasts, news, reviews, deep dives, uh, book reviews. Yep. Mm-hmm. Check it out. We've got some good stuff. We also have recently launched our Fundamentals Plus subscription service. That's right. For less than the cost of a cup of coffee every month. I want to just make this sound like as much of a awkwardly sponsored ad that you hear in podcasts as possible. Lindsay Ellis just taught me it's called a call to action. The call to mm-hmm. action is like use my Squarespace link. Yeah. But I guess I guess it's a call to action. Hey guys, call to action. It costs money to have a website run, and we like to have a semblance of sanity. So, for $3 a month, you can help support both of those things, our website and our sanity. Uh, and for that $3 a month, you get a couple of podcasts that are Fundamentals Plus exclusive, and they include wonderful topics like me and Julia talking Gretchen through an episode of Game of Thrones she has never seen. It's pretty great. Yeah, Fireside Fantamentals, Deep Dives on uh, Steven Universe you took with Bo? Yep. Yeah, of course. What yep. else? What else would we do? Uh, you also get an editor-only piece, like an essay. I did a video essay on why I loved Steven Sondheim that took me a day and a half, because that was an excellent use of time. <laughs> and then also some live hangouts. Gretchen and I just did our first live hangout on Sunday. So, Yeah subscribe there's a link right from the home page and and you get to you get to go behind the scenes with us <laughs> yeah these. we may yep in future we may be doing things like live watching and streaming a movie or you know all that fun stuff where you can hang out with us if you like us i hope you like us i would assume you like us if you're reading our stuff <laughs> i feel so insecure right now if you're on this feed chances are you don't hate us <laughs> that's true but I will say, I, I want to try to figure out Twitch streaming without my computer exploding. I'm, I think there's a way I can do that, especially if it's older games. Either way, lots lots of fun things. Hey, speaking of fun things, this episode that we have planned for you, guess what? It is mid-September. You wouldn't know it if you stepped outside right now. Well, you would know it earlier here. this week. Earlier this it's week, you would have thought it was November. Mm. Oh, really? Was it that cold up north? Oh, my gosh. Uh, that it was wasn't... like... I was I was wearing my like my giant oversized hoodie to go to the gym. Oh, oh wow. That yeah. was not the case in Chicago. It was like a a very pleasant like 70. Yeah. I have no idea what that means. East up here? Oh yeah, <laughs> what is that in real numbers? 30? 30? Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. I used to be at F to see Oh, 21. I'm sorry. I did It was like maybe 
like 10 degrees here. Yeah, so for anyone who wants to know, the quick method is subtract <laughs> 30 and divide by 2. I used to know that off the top of my head. So put okay. it about 2021. 20, so, yeah, right. It is currently uh, significantly warmer. Yeah, so it doesn't feel right like now. fall. Good thing, too, because my son has a pool party tomorrow. <laughs> well, hey. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We got him a cake that's shaped like a sushi roll. <gasps> oh I'm so gosh. excited about it. I'm so that excited about amazing. him seeing it. Does he like sushi? He adores sushi. He wants sushi for three meals a day. That's not bad. When when I was 12, I was living on a diet of nothing but peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. I hey, had a macaroni and cheese face. <laughs> macaroni Either way. And all the time. Sushi rolls and pool parties notwithstanding, <laughs> it is mid-September. It's almost the solstice, which means it is autumn. And mm-hmm. we want to celebrate this fall-a-day season with a... <laughs> pumpkin spice! With a fall-themed episode. You'll recall we did a pumpkin spice episode last We did. Year. <laughs> this is just going to be fall days where we're celebrating fall media. So what makes a fall movie or classic and what are some of our favorite examples of fall media? Our fun segment is going to be us creating our very own autumnal rom-com. And then finally, media or narratives or shows or anything that has fallen apart. <laughs> we're the best. Do you, do you get it? Uh-huh. Cause fall. Yeah. yeah. But fall. before we can div- dive into any of that, we must get through our fandom news and a lot has actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Henry, the, go yeah, ahead. No, you go. Uh, Henry Cavill is no longer going to be playing Superman in the DC films. That's oh. because they realized he's like a terrifying robotic alien. Right. Right. He's so, so like Superman. Bad. He's just so uncharismatic mm. in that role. No, no. He's like a creepy... Like, the thing about Clark Kent is that he was raised by these, like, salt-of-the-earth farm people from mm. Kansas, which is definitely romanticized. They probably went to Purity Balls. Right, right, right. So, so actually, there's this um, YouTube series, like the DC Abridged uh, YouTube uh, videos that they do, where he's actually, like, this fundamentalist <laughs> who's, like, super, super against immigration, and he's always oh saying, gosh. like, his catchphrases are like, it's time for a emancipation punch-clamation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god! And uh, he, he talks about his job at the Daily Planet as prepping him for Fox News, because that's real journalism. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's seriously amazing. But <laughs> the point of Clark Kent in the comics is that he's, like, he is an alien, but he's been raised as an earthling and he has this humanity and compassion that is, you know, not necessarily foreign to, uh, Kryptonians, but like, you know, it's, it's, um, it just sets him apart, right? It's this humanity, right. very literally. Uh, the thing about Henry Cavill is that you, you think that his, the only thing that could stop him from killing rampages might be his girlfriend, which is like the Hulk? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Daenerys Targaryen. Oh, God. Yep, yep. So apparently he's moving on and is going to be playing the lead in Netflix's The Witcher series. Well, good luck to him, I guess. Yeah, well, people are losing their shit about The Witcher series because they cast, like, characters of color and people are like, that's not historical. I'm like, "Uh, not white people lived all over the world. People. (laughs) They really, they literally lived everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Um... What's, yeah, the, what's the premise of The Witcher? 
Griffin explained this to me for like an hour the other day and I forgot all of it. It's a video game. It's Mm -hmm. a video game. The Witcher is like the person. It's vaguely like Western aesthetic. Okay, so witchers are professional exterminators for the, like, mythical pests that exist, and Uh. I believe they're supposed to, quote-unquote, not feel as deeply, but that's a fallacy, and they really do feel very deeply. Okay. Okay. Uh, So Henry Henry Cavill is actually playing the very wooden witcher, Oh, which is probably a good fit for him. I was going to say, that sounds like a good fit for Henry Cavill's acting. He wasn't at all wooden on the tutors. Hmm. Maybe that falls apart too. Yep. Yep. Well, but I mean, the good news is, is that, uh, they're apparently making Supergirl origin movie. So, and of course everyone is mad because, because lady, what are ladies doing in DC comics, which is just dumb. Uh, Wait, what? Yeah. The people are like freaking out. I mean, the corners of the internet that you can oh, expect like to the, freak the out. the men people. I thought you meant, like, the Supergirl fans were mad that, like, no. Melissa Benoist was not going to be cast in this or something. I mean, I don't know. that. I don't think that that's happened yet, but... I doubt I'm, she will be cast in this. Yeah. I am really curious to see who they will cast, though. Like... Sure. But I will be intrigued to see who they cast. And She's fine. I'm not against her. She's just... I don't see her as, like, a, a big movie actor. Right. And I'm... And I have hopes that the movies will focus more on Kara as uh um like her immigrant experience and so we might want less of a like i feel like Melissa Benoist embodied what Clark Kent should be mm-hmm. like that very like folksy like charming yeah. down home american which is great and that's fine i'm just yeah i'd be interested to see another take another take on Kara that is still like positive but not necessarily like let's just take clark kent's attitude and give it to you know his cousin yeah and especially if it's her origin you know it's going to have her adjusting more right yeah let's hope so um so some news that's completely unrelated but <laughs> good brooklyn 99 has its season expanded to 18 episodes from 13 so it's a full season order now uh mm-hmm. which is not at all shocking you know i nbc isn't exactly taking a risk on that it's, it's, it's no. pretty decently rated so. Uh, so yeah good stuff um yeah apparently so dune will come up later but <laughs> I had totally forgotten that they were making a film series adaptation of Frank Herbert's Dune. They are trying again. Good luck once again. to them. I think that's what I, I know, said last right? time you brought it up. <laughs> it is. Good luck. Right? Because this has gone so well in the past. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it could, maybe it'll be incredible. Who knows? But, um, they better be prepared to work for it. Right? Right. <laughs> so they've, they cast their Lady Jessica. Yeah. Um, and that I think is, that, Rebe- that's a decent choice. Yeah, Rebecca Ferguson will be playing Lady Jessica. I am intrigued by the fact that they are going for a, a much younger cast than any of the previous adaptations have. Yeah. Because Timothy Chalamet is set to play Paul. And, and like, I'm pretty, see. like, he mean, he's like 21, I think. He's in his early 20s. Yeah. I mean, Paul's supposed to be even younger than that. Right. I just, like, most of the other adaptations have gone for actors who are closer to, like, late 20s, even yeah. though. So. Um, I'm interested because I feel like Rebecca Ferguson is also pretty young. Yeah, but she's like magic, so you can you can honeypot that away, right? Yep. <laughs> so anyway, or she's yep. science, whatever. The, the, the Dune Benny mythos Jesuit. is a little, yeah. 
I've yeah. tried to like wiggle my my baby toe without moving any other part of my body. Couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> yep. Dude. So yeah, that'll yeah. be wow. Old. <laughs> Good luck, guys. (laughs) If it, okay, see, I really, the thing is, I really want a good. Of course. Dune adaptation. I just, it, there have been many, there have been multiple actual adaptations and more attempts and, uh, all of them have their flaws. So. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Aaron Paul is joining the cast of Westworld for season three. I don't think I know who that is. I do not either. What? Um, okay. Breaking Bad. I didn't watch Breaking Bad. Hmm. Oh. He's like, he's the younger guy in Breaking Bad. Oh. Like him. Um, I hope he has fun being a robot or killing robots or whatever the fuck that show. It was just like, real. everyone is really excited because people love him from Breaking Bad. And I'm, sure he, I'm sure he's a he's very talented actor. In I have seen him in some gifts. Yes, I'm sure you have. So. Uh, things that are more in my wheelhouse, the upcoming live-action Mulan apparently will have music, but we don't know which songs are going to be they included. better in. have Be a Man. I mean, or I'll Make a Man Out of You. That's, yeah. that's like, that's the crux of the movie. Be a man. That and Reflections. Everything else is completely uh, reflections replaceable. Reflections is a little... That's a, oh, that's such a good movie. I love that song. It's a little, like, Disney... <laughs> Like there's um, It's a very, Disney movie. I know, but it's so like they wrote it so they can put it on a princess songs collection CD, you know. <laughs> but Via Man is just like it transcends everything. It's just wonderful. Yeah, Leah Salogna did a wonderful job singing it. I think it's fine. It belongs on those collections. Okay. Yes. And it's no let it go. <laughs> right. She also <laughs> went on to sing in one indescribable moment. <laughs> Crazy ex-girlfriend. <laughs> um, why is Mushu just written in our notes? It just says, and Mushu. Mushu's, Mushu's going to be in the movie. Mushu's going to be in the movie? Yeah. Is it going to be a CGI dragon? I That's assume. Is it going to be Eddie Murphy again? I don't think so. That news hasn't been announced yet. But yeah, Mushu's going to be, they've announced that Mushu is going to be in the movie. Are they going to okay. like figure out what time period it's supposed to be in? I hope Can Mushu so. be like a full size dragon? Like it's just oh not explained. It's just a full size dragon. She's just got a giant dragon following her. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. You're and, like, but like it will still be a comedic dragon that like makes the sides to her. <laughs> just the size yeah, like of like that, jerk that on movie that. with Sean Connery is a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like Drogon sized, but like yeah. <laughs> but has just all like saying like snarky things. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh! I really want it now. <laughs> And everyone just accepts it that this young boy has a dragon following him around. Right. Like a ginormous dragon. <laughs> They're like, no well, this is China, it. so. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, so speaking of live action Disney, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown of Community Fame is going to be joining the cast for Lady and the Tramp, which we're still confused about. <laughs> um, yep. I mean, the one cool thing I will say about it is, like, I looked through the cast when I when I saw this announcement and, like... They've got, like, a really, like, the cast is mostly non-white right now. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Good Did job, I guys. Yvette? I meant Yvette. I can't read what I'm reading fucking news. I think you said Yvette. Okay. I think you said Yvette. I didn't, I wasn't like, yo, you read that weird. So, uh, right. No, I mean, I, you're right, Gretchen. I think it is pretty cool, like, that they're at least attempting to bring in diversity for the voice cast. Right. Is yeah. It, um... Isn't she doing a Greg Berlanti comedy? Didn't we announce that on this podcast before? I don't remember. 
I could have sworn she's like doing something with a Greg Perlanti production and like the writer of Juno or something. Oh, that sounds familiar. Well, I have a well, horrible well, memory. I like barely ever remember the news we've announced from this week. <laughs> I just read it. I like make a list and I read it off of it and then probably forget all of it. I just remember about Nicole Brown coming up before and I'm pretty sure that's what it was. But we'll look into that. Either way, uh, I hope she really brings some texture to the part of... Uh, oh, what is the part? She's playing... A, like I think the character role is called Aunt Sarah. I don't believe that Aunt Sarah is in the original. I don't... No, she's a, she's playing an actual character character. Oh, like yeah. a human? A human character. I don't think I know Lady in the Tramp enough to like... I don't either. Yeah. So who knows? Oh, hey, speaking of live action, Paramount is looking to make a live action Sonic the Hedgehog. Yep. Like... Okay. To be released November 8th, 2019. Yeah, the release date was moved up. It was supposed to release the next week after, but they moved it up for some reason. I'm just so like baffled that they So it could commemorate make- election day? of 2016 like why are they making a live action sonic the hedgehog what is the narrative that they're going to be expanding like which which sonic canon are we talking about here i don't know also how do you make a live action like it's just a lot of action i guess like, just gonna be some dude who rolling. runs really fast and has like blue spiky hair maybe we'll find out why it is he's been cr- collecting all these uh rings this whole time right right <laughs> maybe he just has ocd i mean hopefully it won't be like the live action dragon ball z uh finally black panther was submitted to the oscars for consideration in all awards categories that were uh, applicable yeah like acting acting categories and everything yep yeah like literally every single cat like all of the categories they could possibly have applied for yeah um so typically genre films like that do not do very well at the oscars i think it's deserving of a whole lot of awards right particularly well you know more than crash (laughs) crash is shakespeare in love oh my god oh my gosh <laughs> but Don't they're not even. genre they're high yeah. concepts bullshit yeah. i mean no, like I um what's it called the shape of water was I like mean, oh this is genre it's like science i'm like it is but it's so like soft <laughs> you know right i do i do think black panther is mm. very very deserving yeah Right. Um, I, you know, like the, the last genre film that really swept anything was Return of the King. And that was basically just like an apology for snubbing it for two mm-hmm. years. And Return of the King is definitely not the strongest of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Nope. So it, like fellowship clearly yeah. is. I mean, like Return of the King was just kind of like a mad, like arm flailing run to the finish line. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, I mean, I, I wish only the best for Black mm-hmm. Panther. It's just like the perfectly written, perfectly paced movie. I, so so uh, good it got me to watch marvel movies again right and <laughs> i'm just like uh michael b jordan deserves the award for like best uh supporting actor like absolutely mm. deserves the award for killmonger he, he did definitely such sold a the part. good job yeah i was actually seeing a bunch of posts that are like oh he's such a shitty actor i'm like what really what like okay <laughs> i mean <laughs> i thought he was absolutely incredible but okay like at least at least ruby rose complaints i understand where people get that from yeah or her like acting not being exactly the best in the world like i i get that i feel that but like really was, yeah michael, michael b jordan is a great she, actor he, just everything about like he was just so perfect for that role and yep. yeah i mean like maybe like that it's like the one role he would ever be good at playing. Like I could kind of sort of believe that because he was just that perfect at it that it just might be him, but less 
psychopathic, <laughs> like, but right. I, this any idea that he didn't do an incredible in that role it boggles my mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> who who played Okoye? Okoye? Yeah. Do you know who played her? Oh, oh, what's her name? Um, Danai Guerrera. Yeah, I think she could. I think she deserves a nod. I don't know if she'd be necessarily up for supporting, but she did such a like effortless job too. Yeah, mm. she was great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone was. I yeah. really hope it was. It, it was just an extremely tight movie. Yeah, it was just and yeah, in all aspects of it. Yeah, the graphics. I kind of want to rewatch it tonight. Maybe I will. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe I will it's too. on Netflix now. I think. Yeah, it is. Of course, it is. Anyway, I wish that I could was watch our that news, tonight. but we need to yeah. fall in love with some media. <laughs> for fall we love it right. Kylie. we love it okay. anyway time for our transition autumn if i was my real side your cow here would die right down bessie uh-huh our first segment is what makes a fall movie or a classic fall movie and so the reason i thought of this was because um my brain is weird and I was up late at night because my brain didn't want to go to sleep and I started I asked myself the question like are there any fall movies like what makes a fall movie so I went to the Google and mm-hmm. I found a town and country article that was like 18 classic fall films you need to watch this autumn and you know so I was reading through it and was like this is a weirdly specific like <laughs> genre of like fall movies and some of it like some of the categories like don't make sense or the criteria it was like i guess that makes it a fall movie but then i was like is there such a thing as a fall movie like i know what a summer movie is like i know the kinds of movies we have in the summertime and i can think of like winter movies that are usually really sad or christmas and i guess yeah or christmas like they're either like sad depressing movies or they're christmas <laughs> movies but like what is a fall movie if it's not like a halloween movie or like does that count it's oh. hocus pocus a fall movie i mean if you count halloween movies and it has to be because it's like a I, witch movie right i think back to school counts as a fall movie so like greece is a fall movie right right i mean doesn't greece take place over the whole year because at the okay. end, they're graduated, and then their car oh, flies right. away. Let's not be pedantic, Joy. I mean, and <laughs> technically, s- it starts in the summer. They sing yeah. Summer Loving as a goodbye to the summer that had just ended. Right. So, so yeah, I guess you could say it's a fun movie. Um, I don't know. I struggle with this, because I've actually... I never thought fall movies were a thing. Right. Like, at all. So, I guess, I guess it would be, like, a back-to-school type narrative, or... A movie that deals with the subject of mortality. Yeah, like Autumn mm. in New York. <laughs> so, like, Dead Poet Society and, like, Goodwill Hunting would be fall movies. Yeah. They're, like, back-to-school, autumnal. Yeah. Yes, I think I think that's fair. I'm trying to think of, like, a good school movie that doesn't end with a graduation. Uh-huh. Because, like, it seemed kind of cold. Election? What? Election. Oh, yeah. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, are there, like, political thrillers that end on Election Ooh. Day? Because those would technically be autumnal. Hmm. Now, what's that movie I'm thinking of? It's called Election, right? With We Threw This Spoon? I'm sure it is. Is that what it's called? Hey, yeah. is Legally Blonde a fall movie? She f- begins her semester. But it ends at the graduation. God damn it. Right. No, you're right. You are, you're right, Julia. There is a movie called Election. Yeah, with Reese Witherspoon. And she's, like, really wants to be class president. And it's about... 
how, like, the English teacher kind of sexually assaults her, but not really because it's all her fault. Yeah. Hmm. Mean hmm. girls might fit in this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I trying. think mean girls might be a bit, a bit of a better fit, actually. How long is 10 Things I Hate About You? When 10 Things this- I Hate About You, they graduate at the end. Okay, they do. Yeah, it's, it's all about prom, right? It's all yeah. about how uh, What's-Her-Face from Secret World of Alec Mac wants to go to prom with the guy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's more. That's less of a fall movie. That's like a yeah. spring yeah. movie. Is Breakfast Club a fall movie? Hmm. I think it's like California, so you can't tell what season is it. And we're just we're just it's falling true, into the school. Here's my question: Are there actually any Thanksgiving movies? Because like obviously there's Halloween movies. That's its own subgenre of. I mean, the films. one I'm thinking of is Jack and Jill, because the first part of that is about how Jill comes over for Thanksgiving, but then she stays over till Hanukkah. So I don't know. You you know what I think the issue is: the big movies they're released like Memorial Day, middle of summer, or christmas basically yeah isn't isn't planes trains and automobiles thanksgiving i think of it as christmas but i think it's actually thanksgiving well you guys have your thanksgiving so late they're like indistinguishable to me (laughs) and you eat the fucking the same food you have turkey for both things hey our squash is still growing it's fine and kale can produce its snow and and some Christians eat ham for Christmas because they're not Jews. Literally, the only Thanksgiving movie I can think of is a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving where Snoopy <laughs> makes the turkey. I mean, isn't there any comical like comical movies about cooking the turkey or anything like that? There's a Winnie the Pooh Thanksgiving. I think that was slightly comical. Yeah. No, I do think Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is Thanksgiving. And that's like a funny movie. But you know what? You know what I really associate with fall is TV shows coming back on the air, mm. and then like special episodes of TV shows. Like there's back right. to school episodes of those there's Halloween episodes, Thanksgiving episodes on Halloween episodes. Yeah, right, for right, sure. right. Um, so like when I picture fall media, it's like Jennifer Aniston wearing sweaters on Friends again. Oh, <laughs> or like yeah, or like Buffy. I think of like. The first few episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I mean, because I grew up with that, was yeah. like, yeah, it's now fall, and then there's the Halloween episode. Yeah, and no, if, if, we, if we do consider media as being related to fall based on sweaters. <laughs> right. Like, you I could f- go with the fall Are you going to say the Cosby show? No, because I found an, an article that was like, you could buy these famous sweaters. <laughs> and it was like, Fred Rogers' sweater came out. Oh my up, gosh. And... Cher wore a sweater vest in Clueless, even though they clearly get to the end of the school year in that one. Uh, Apparently, Molly Ringwald wore a very famous sweater in, uh, what's the, one of the 16? 16 candles? 16 candles, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Empire Records, I think, I think Liv Taylor's sweater was good. Mmm. So, there's some of the like, are there ever movies that have, like, a fall aesthetic? Liv Tyler. I'm sorry, not Taylor. I don't know what I was thinking. Like, a fall aesthetic movie. Yeah, like, like, I'm just, I'm thinking Autumn in New York. And, like, right, the, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. walking in Central Park and it's all autumnal and just she's dying. and <laughs> Right. That's a yeah. fall aesthetic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, color palette. Yeah. Now that I think about it, like, it's really unusual to see, like, autumnal colors as a color palette I, I think, to a like, movie. I any, like rural new england movie is an autumnal movie because mm. they're always harvesting apples and like wearing chunky uh yeah. Aaron sweaters 
And I feel like Meg Ryan's made a couple, like a couple yeah. of Meg Ryan's rom coms were like set in like New York in autumn. Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely, uh, you've got mail. Right. Is one. I, I think when Buzz Harry Met Sally is another. I found a BuzzFeed th- um, well, list. Well, Harry Met Sally takes place over like years and years and years, isn't it? So 23 movies True. guaranteed to get you in the autumn mood. Okay. <laughs> Apparently Silver Linings Playbook is one because there's oh, football, football and Halloween and returning back to school reading syllabus. Okay. All right. I, I love Garden State. Garden what? State is another, which shocks me because Natalie Portman's definitely in like a t-shirt the whole time. And Why? she's just so manic and dreamlike. I don't know. Small. There's a there's a bunch of Halloween movies with I, which I consider a, a different class. Right. I don't, oh, I, this Hocus Pocus is totally an autumnal movie. Uh, Edward Scissorhands is supposed to be a good autumnal movie, I guess, maybe because it's scary. <laughs> the Nightmare but Before Christmas that has to be autumnal. That that's there for sure. I mean, yeah. that's a Halloween movie. But remember, the Titans is actually like it, that's football season, right? <gasps> right. Yeah. Or so like, like Rudy. Kind of, I thought yeah. that was about Greek mythology. What? No. Remember the Titans? Remember the Titans? No. Yeah. Oh, no, it's no. about football. There's, that's there's like Kronos. that's like the football movie to define all Prometheus. football movies. I mean that. I mean, Kronos I mean, I is think a Titan. the football movie to define all football movies is Rudy. But there's that uh movie that's literally called October Sky that stars Jake Gyllenhaal. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, that's about Sputnik. Yes, I remember watching it and like fundamentally not caring but i was also in like seventh grade <laughs> right so that's a great list we've got um let's see what some of these other ones on the on the list that i have uh stepmom what huh is that Step- the one with oh that's the one with julia roberts and, and susan, susan Sarandon. and susan Sarandon's dying because someone's always dying in these movies i'm telling you because <laughs> it's like because again it's like aesthetics yeah. It's like changing weather and like sweaters. I love how many of these on this list are like, cause they're wearing sweaters and it's cold outside. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. What is your favorite fall, sweater that you've ever seen in media? <laughs> favorite sweater? Yeah. Okay. Know. So there's this, um, there's this British, uh, uh, Nordic Mar series called Shetland. Uh-huh. Okay. It's like in the Shetlands. It's about this detective. They have the best sweaters. I get like <laughs> oh, such sweater lust when I watch this show. Like everyone has, has just this incredible, like, like clearly hand knit, like chunky cable sweaters yeah. and ferrile sweaters. And you're just like, I want to go to Shetland and wear sweaters. <laughs> My sister is a therapist and she works as one. So her mm-hmm. entire wardrobe is just sweaters. It's like, sweaters and she then wears like thick frame glasses and like her hair either of course she back does very straight yeah so she's uh, just like always like got that therapist okay look. so the one thing i'm excited about other than like you actually getting married and coming to your wedding is meeting your sister in person i feel like it'll be magical uh okay well <laughs> we could try to arrange that anytime <laughs> She is a pretty magical person, yeah. but the reason I brought up her sweaters is because we were going to one of um, Griffin's like family's house for Rosh Hashanah, and I I was worried I wasn't dressed formally enough, so I had to borrow one of my sister's sweaters because she flew in with like five of them, and that was great. <laughs> so sweaters are an important part of enjoying a movie. Well, if it's a fall movie, you need to have some sweaters. I mean, it's always fall on the Shetlands, 
because it's fucking cold there all year long. So maybe that's not a good example, but. Right. Would, like, any of the Harry Potter movies count? Yeah, they're all back to school. (laughs) (laughs) But they all end at the end of the year. But they're all good to watch around Halloween, too, because Mm. wizards and witches. Right. Yeah, and Halloween is their major holiday. Uh, If I had to pick one, Mm -hmm. I would probably pick Chamber of Secrets is the most autumnal. Why? I feel like I should not have to justify this. But not Prisoner of Azkaban? They have like a pumpkin patch. They have a pumpkin patch, but that's true. No, I was thinking Chamber of Secrets because of all the spiders, actually. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking I was, Prisoner of Azkaban because of the pumpkins. See, and I was thinking Philosopher's Stone because like the troll in the dungeon and everything happens on Halloween. Oh, yeah, that's true. And it takes a while to get to Halloween, it feels like. Yeah, it usually does. That's right. Yeah. Movie. Right, because loaded. I think... Yeah, Philosopher's Stone is really, like, front-loaded. I feel mm-hmm. like it all takes place before Christmas, or a significant chunk of it takes place yeah, before Christmas. Yeah, and then it's just like, and then Harry and Ron followed Ollivander around a lot. Right. Not Ollivander, the other one. Quirrell. Malfoy? Quirrell. They followed him a lot because they oh, thought Quirrell. that, yeah. like, Snape was bullying him or something, remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they, like, wanted to, like, get him help. Yeah. And Hogwarts Ooh. doesn't have HR. Oh, the irony. Okay. But I do think that we just made a good point for why... At least three of the Harry Potter movies count as like fall movies because we each came up with a different one. Yeah, yeah. I think for, that's and a for a very different good reason. Point. I'll tell you the one that doesn't work as uh, a fall movie is like Deathly Hallows. No, definitely not. No, because there's no back to school centering it. Right. Yeah, you kind of need that. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, when they do go back to school, it's like terrifying and depressing. They're just like hanging out in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. That's less. I mean, that's less <laughs> fall themed. I guess I don't know. Do you I hang mean, out there's in the a lot of trees. <laughs> <laughs> probably lots of Hermione. Probably wears a lot of sweaters. Yeah. Well, like especially in the later films, they like didn't stick her in robes at all. She was always in sweaters. Yeah, that really bugs me about the films. Actually, how they're all like in muggle clothes all the time and like that, really fashionable muggle when clothes. Did that, that really start. Nothing. I think that started with the fourth Prisoner, movie. It was. It no, really Prisoner it started Basketball. with the third. Yeah. Yeah. Really, like because it, it was just a change of director. Yeah, but even before that, like, their uniforms really pissed me off. It's just, like, a graduation robe over, like, a normal school uniform. It upsets me. What? Did you, do you think of them as different? Yeah, like, I picture them as, like, robes. Like, bathrobes? Not bathrobes, like, like, floor-length, like, non-bifurcated garments. Oh. <laughs> In terms of autumnal aesthetics Gryffindor has that in spades right yeah it's got the yellow and then it's got the gold and the red that's very yeah those autumnal. are very warm colors should we just move on instead of trying to they're in my color me beautiful book as the- oh my gosh <laughs> are lions autumnal are you an autumn no I'm a spring yeah I have I have blue eyes and and red hair, so I think like, I'm a autumn colors can wash me out. But I like dispute that. I'm in autumn. Yeah, you you dispute what, Julia? That I'm a winter, or that this system actually is anything. You know what? You meet my sister; she'll set you straight on this. Okay. <laughs> and on that note, I think it's time to write a fall classic for ourselves because we clearly have such a great grasp of this. Hey, I think we're gonna do fine. Seems Thanksgiving Day is upon us. I haven't even finished eating all my Halloween candy! Okay, so you know what we're really, really good at here at the Fundamentalists? 
What? Script doctoring and making shit up. We are really good at it, actually. Yeah, I think that's our only talent. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk for a really long time. Hey, that's a talent. That I think that too. goes with the making shit up. But yeah, in the spirit of the holidays, I think that we should make our perfect, wonderfully marketable, essence-full uh, pitch for a fall movie. Preferably a rom-com, but... I think we can be a little bit flexible with the genre. Wait, question. How much of a guaranteed financial success does this have to be? Like, can we take some risks with it? Or do we have to basically, like, not have the gaze? Okay, as long as you uh, make back the budget in global gross, it's fine. Because Don't worry I so much about domestic. Just global gross is fine. Because I think in terms of aesthetic, if mm-hmm. you have, if it's a movie with queer women, like, you're doubling the fall aesthetic potential because so much flannel and so much sweater right hmm, that's the true. ultimate sweaters in fact one could normally wear sweaters and the other could normally wear flannel right yeah see we've just like doubled the fall aesthetic of this movie okay so <laughs> what what okay so i think like i was saying before i think the quintessential quality that all fall movies must have is somebody dying Mm. Well, that would be on theme with queer media. That's true. Oh, gosh. Let's maybe not go that road. <laughs> okay, so we don't want one of the protagonists to have an incurable disease that she's dying of. Let's just make it straight so we can keep our options open for who to kill. Okay. Okay. So no gays. Or maybe she can have a sassy lesbian best there friend. Will, there will be a sassy best or friend. Or that, that can be our twist. Of- Instead of the the female lead having a sassy gay best friend, the male lead can have a sassy lesbian best friend. Ooh. Oh, that's good. And she'll be all, like, jaded about love. Yes. Because her girlfriend just left her. But she can't be sassy. That's not the role. She has to be snarky. Yeah, she's snarky and, yeah, like, yeah. like, you know, world-weary because her girlfriend just left her beleaguered and snarky yes that's right. that's the lesbian aesthetic and she'll be wearing tons of tons, tons of flannel. flannel she'll be wearing yeah. all the flannel and yeah. burks with socks yes yeah. or mm-hmm. combat boots like black like black boots chunky checky okay so let's talk boots. about our female okay. lead obviously she has a non-specific media related job that seems so was, like normal i was thinking she could look at slides <laughs> A lot. Okay, maybe maybe she like, works for Town and Country magazine and she's working on a topic. <laughs> she's like, I gotta make this autumnal list. Yeah, top ten <laughs> list. So meta. Okay. Of like like top ten romantic autumn dates or something like that. Ooh. And she'll be like, why can't I ever get an autumn date? Yeah. But so, so, so question. Does she is she the kind of girl? Who like loves pumpkin spice everything? Fall girl, or is she the like? No, no, no. She has to be relatable. Yeah, because we have this the uh, snarky lesbian friend. Okay. To be cynical about everything, like pumpkin okay. spice. So the she can be like an ingenue. She can be so like very, she's really yeah. right. She's really wistful of the idea of having an autumnal date. Yeah, she loves it. Okay, yeah, okay, okay, true. okay. So we have to have somebody dead, right? What We're about? Dying. Or dying. What about if she had a spouse who died in the fall and he loved fall things? And Ooh. it's making her all like wistful and stuff. And then she meets this guy with the lesbian friend and she is falling in love with him because he's so non-threateningly wonderful. And, but she feels guilty about it because 
of her spouse that died exactly a year ago who loved autumn things. Ooh. I like it. Yeah. Okay, but like how we he needs to be an unlikely suitor because that like rom-coms like the, he always has to come kind of they have to like don't make sense right away as a couple. Okay, Not so just- for some reason I want him to be a stand-up comedian. What? Yeah, <laughs> that was my first thought. My first thought was Uber driver. Your first thought was stand-up comedian? <laughs> okay, he could be an aspiring stand-up comedian who's driving Uber to make ends meet. And he, like, entertains her with jokes. Yeah. Yeah, because he's, he's driving her. He he Ubers her to the cemetery so she can put flour on her dead husband's grave. And he's trying oh, out his, yes. her set on her. <laughs> her phone drops in this Uber. Yeah. Let's make him a Lyft driver so we get rid of any problematic political connotations okay he's a lyft driver and her <laughs> cell phone drops in the back of this lyft car and she has to use find your phone app and track him down mm-hmm. oh. and that's like that's like a chase scene yeah and she somehow uses her connections at town and country magazine to get him like a good gig that's like his breakthrough gig mm, i think uh, we have to work that into there somewhere Wait, I'm sorry, Tenant Country is helping a stand-up comedian? Well, it's part of a conglomerate, right? I'm sure that she knows people. Okay, let's look up what Town and Con- <laughs> who owns Town & Country magazine. Well, it could be like a generic Town & Country magazine that's owned by the guy who owns, like, Comedy Magazine or whatever. I don't even know if there is a Comedy this Magazine. This is getting very... How about if she just works for Comedy Magazine? Yeah, but the- why is she b- compiling a list of top ten autumnal dates that make her wistful for her dead spouse, then? Um... Oh, God. Man, I'm not sure I like Okay, maybe he can be a painter who paints Central Park scenes. And because obviously this takes place in New York, obviously. Um, He paints like Central Park scenes and he like really wants to be expressive with them. But the only ones that sell are the like, you know, really generic ones that the tourists buy. And this is making him full of ennui and sad as he drives his lift car. (laughs) Uh, I mean... (laughs) It feels like you're on a roll there. <laughs> I mean, if you don't want sure to be a comedian, he... because then he can, like, you know, do some, like, they can do a profile of him in Town & Country Magazine. Hey, I have some good news for you, by the way. Okay. Town & Country Magazine is owned by Hearst Communications, uh-huh. a subsidiary of the Hearst Corporations, which is an American mass media and business information conglomerate uh-huh. based in New York City. Of course, Perfect. they're all based in New York City. What else do they own? Uh, they own a whole lot of stuff, including the San Francisco Chronicle, the Houston Chronicle, Cosmopolitan, and Esquire. It also owns 50% of broadcasting Maybe they... firm for A&E Networks and 20% of ESPN. Maybe they do one of those profiles of him in Esquire. Why would they profile a comedian? Because a... he's Wait, a sexy comedian now? and he lifts weights. I'm not sure if we decided if he's a comedian or a painter. I just okay, think okay, no, 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 no. thinking this. Okay, can, no, can he be like one of those like prince in disguise type characters who no. like no, um, that's going too like, far. No, just hear me out. Hear me out. He could be one of those like um, he's the son of one of the big conglomerates of town and country. Okay, and decided that like you know maybe he's the black sheep son. Who like decided he didn't want to like do anything with the business, and maybe he became a street artist because he's like the artsy, carefree son, and he like drives a lift and is super uh-huh. artsy because that's what he does, and she doesn't realize that he's like the son of like her boss. 
Okay, and fine. You're okay, I like this. She gets a promotion in the end because nepotism. I'm just saying, like, there's there's potential yeah. for, like, the rom-com, like, you're not who you say you are. I trusted you, and I found out that, like, actually, like, you're my boss's son, and I don't know how yeah, to Yeah, but then there's all this drama when his, like, really catty mother thinks that she's a gold digger and only wants to date him so that she can get a promotion at Tommy Country Magazine. I could, that could work. Yeah. Conflict. And then the snarky right? lesbian friend would be like, yeah. yeah, because that's so desirable. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, Starkey lesbian friend is like uh, Dave. You Look, should- I have an I have an idea. In her lift ride, uh-huh. in which she loses her phone, she's talking about her article that she has to write. She's just like Carrie Bradshaw uh, on <laughs> autumnal Hopefully days. She's a better writer, and she's like, "I need to interview New Yorkers for this." And he's like, "Well, you're welcome to." interview me and my roommate because he lives with the the snarky lesbian of course well she's living with him because she just broke up with her girlfriend yeah 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 um so that is like a hilarious miscommunication at first she's like oh no this guy has a girlfriend but then it becomes very obvious that the snarky lesbian (laughs) is a snarky lesbian (laughs) and by uh, like obvious through hollywood means yes of course like (laughs) this also go ahead i was just gonna say snarky lesbian like flirts with the main character no, she's too snarky to flirt with her. Oh, this year I'm dated. Right. Yeah. Could the, but so maybe like, she's going to be the one telling like love interest male that like he shouldn't try yeah. for anything because like this girl, if she knew that he would really was like the son of some super wealthy guy, she would only like him for his money. So he should just not care. Like, don't get invested because as soon as they find out that you're the kid of like super wealthy guy, they're they don't like you anymore. Yeah, they for just sure. like your money. We could throw in some fake dating of, like, she's got to go. She has to write this article on autumnal dates. And she's like, I should maybe try one or two of these out myself so I can write from firsthand experience about how <gasps> awesome these things are. And he's and she's like, but I don't have anyone to date. And, like, my husband died a year ago, so I don't want to, like, you know, date. actually go on a real date date. Yeah, and, and, and like, then and we do it. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is so terrible. I love it. <laughs> But then, but like at the end, like the whole thing, like at the end where she realizes she has to go to him and like she runs through the autumnal streets of New York to find him is that she's on a date, one of these fake dates with somebody else. And she's just like, oh, this guy is so unsatisfying compared to this guy who I just rejected two scenes ago. And now we're going to cut through him in his apartment drinking wine with his snarky lesbian friend. No, yeah. here's the friend. He Here's the friend. He Here's the thing. She, uh-huh. she needs a, a sounding board, too. Okay. Because she needs a friend who's trying to push her back into the dating pool mm. being like, it's been a year. What about if she has a kid? Like a wise beyond her years, like, sassy kid. <gasps> yes! Oh, my <gasps> God, a wise An adopted like, kid. Oh, boy. And be like, Mom, I I think that Dad would have wanted you to move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, can the husband have died in some kind of autumnal accident? <laughs> like, there were wet leaves on the rail line, or, like, he had really bad allergies and sneezed at the wrong moment <laughs> Oh, traffic. my gosh. I mean, I was thinking more that he had some, like, long chronic disease. And he, like, finally died in autumn, and that was fitting because that was his favorite time of year, and they had, like, one last mm. picnic in the park among the leaves. I like I that. I guess that's better, but I like I mean, you could have, like, a montage about leaves. that. You, <laughs> you wanted to have a comical, a comical Someone death. mistook his head for a pumpkin. And- 
That would be a really different movie. He was um, beheaded by a headless Hessian soldier. Okay. They put sunglasses on a pumpkin and put it on his now headless corpse to pretend that he was alive. Oh my gosh. No, I think some kind, I think, I think something like cancer or. Yeah. Yeah, no, the the long drawn out one sounds better to yeah. me. And then there's like a, a little boy that's like, "Mommy, Daddy would have what? Mommy, why are you not happy? You used to say this was your favorite time of year." Yeah, right. She'd be like, <laughs> "Everything's dying." Right, and whenever she goes on one of her fake dates, the the kid is like, "So how was your date?" And she's like, "It's not a date. It's not." Mommy a real was very date. clear on that. It's, it's just like, for work. I love how this sounds like an actual movie. I love it so much. Doesn't it? <laughs> okay. As long as the, the snarky lesbian friend just has like a series of different colored flannels that are <laughs> the exact same style. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And like, like uh, in her room, she has like an entire like wall that's just like a line of Birkenstocks. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. I think, I think, um, that our protagonist should also have like a a really concerned coworker, like a well-meaning, yeah, like office friend, who's a black man. See, I was thinking that it should be a woman because I think it would be funny if like I think no, too. no, 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 you can't have the sassy lesbian and then have her sound her her concerned friend also be a woman. But it's a non-specific media job. Only women have those. <sighs> really? I feel like Mel Gibson had a non-specific media job a couple of times. Yeah, I was just thinking it'd be funny and that, like that this would be kind of like a tertiary character who just mm-hmm. like pops in every now and then. And then in like the final in the finale scene where like, you know, it shows like the happy couple, like our protagonist have she gotten gets together. With the lesbian? Yes, like in the background yes, you just yes, see no, like no, 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 that needs to happen. Like the snarky lesbian like found okay. love with her random coworker. You're always winning me over. No, it's like Josh Gad's like stupid moment at the end of Beauty and the Beast. Like, right. It's that. <laughs> yeah. And then Hollywood would be like, look. Look at this representation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we're going super generic and making this like as okay. Hollywood friendly as possible, like, yeah. Unfortunately, if we're going super generic, that means the snarky friend is being played by Case Stew, but I'd rather not go down that avenue. Uh, yeah. I'd rather not to. Um, saturation. Or Ellen Page. <laughs> I feel like she would be the other choice that people would immediately think of. She's adorable, but she like, adorable. no, we can, we can branch out a little <laughs> bit. There, are, believe it or not, there are. Uh, queer women of color that might be able to <gasps> fill this role. What? I know. What? It's crazy. Okay, so the unnecessary complications is the like fake dating. <laughs> the gold digging accusing mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gold digging accusing mom. The whole um, like the fake whole dead dating husband to, thing. The head husband. Um she thinks it's fake dating, but the other guy but Uber driver like Lyft driver's really invested. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, but he's worried that, like, she doesn't, she isn't going to like him for him if she finds out that, like, his dad's really rich. Yeah. Or his mom. I don't know. We could have it be. Yeah, his mom could be, like, an Anna Wintour type. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Because then she's worried about losing her job. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because then you have the complication of, like, if, like, the really, like, aloof mom who thinks that, you know, women are just, like, gold digging finds out that, like, it's her. To be like, will I get fired from my job if she finds out that, like, I'm hanging out with her son? Yeah. Also, I need to alter Julia's suggested ending a little bit. She can't run away from a fake date because the article has to be published and written in such a way that Lyft driver realizes that she has true feelings for him. And then they can, like, run to be together 
through the leaves. Maybe she's on a fake date and she sat and he texts her. No. And is like, no. meet me this, at the This place. article needs to be published. Yeah, yeah it needs, this to, is it needs what to be published and he on. reads it. And he's just like, meet me at like place number Why seven. Why would she be on another fake date if her article is published? Does maybe she just enjoy she, fake dating? Maybe she, her, her kid sets her up on a real date. With like his music teacher or something. Why does she have to be on a date at all? I don't know. I feel like she should be on a date and unfavorably comparing this guy that she's dating to uh love interest guy. I feel like that's uh, no, essential. No, I think he has to like dramatically show up at work to be like, I don't care what people think, <laughs> even though I am the boss's son, <laughs> because I read your article and it moved me. And then they can make out at the office with snarky friend, like having come with him to try to stop him from doing this because she's like, you're going to make an idiot out of yourself. But then yeah. he doesn't. Because but then, but then that's when snarky friend sees her like office friend. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So that's what snarky friend. Yeah. So it's a big and happy she's ending. Just and just like, like, Dave, don't you know that love isn't real? And then she like turns and she sees office. Yeah. Friend. You have that like <laughs> moment of like, she says something really jaded and yeah. then turns around and then you have the like dramatic pause. <laughs> As, like, her face changes from, like, sarcasm to, like, ooh. Desire. To desire. Yeah, absolutely. The final celebratory note needs to be, like, you're just in time for the office Halloween party. And they, like, bring out a cake or something. Maybe everyone is, like, hilariously dressed in Halloween costumes during the dramatic final scene. (gasps) Maybe it's (gasps) at the Halloween party. That's perfect. And he just shows up. Yes. And it's like, and everyone's like, well, this is the owner's son. Like, that's fine that he's here. Yeah. 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 We need a scene of one point of her talking. To or there's her this whole thing grave. where he's trying to get into the Halloween party, but the person at the door is like, no, you're not allowed in without a Halloween costume. And so then he takes lesbian friend's flannel shirt and says that he's a lumberjack. And then he goes in. <laughs> you know, I kind of like it. A lesbian friend just goes, I guess I'm a straight person now. <laughs> and then they just have to let her in because they're too uncomfortable with her lesbian jokes. Uh, yeah, but no, like, and then there's like a pumpkin cake and they're all wearing like orange hats at the end, like right. the party hats. Yeah, and like love interest lady is like dressed as a witch because that's the most generic costume I can think of. Now, look, I think the title 100% needs to be Falling in Love. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. But what trailer song do you think would play? Um, because there's the classic, I can't help falling in love with you, which is so overdone and perfect. Yeah. There's also like autumn leaves that could possibly play. Mm. But I'm open to any autumnal suggestions. I mean, there's a Bare Naked Lady song called Falling for the First Time, but it feels just like I'm falling for, for the, the first, first time. time. I mean, that might be a little too upbeat. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, yeah, this. like, I think every rom-com trailer's music should be sixpence on the richer. Wait, what, what if it was like a soulful rewriting of Falling for the First Time? Yeah, so like, it's like, like in Deadpool, they have the so Aha song. clean, too bad I can't get, yeah, like it's just very, mm. yeah. It's yeah. soulful and acoustic. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, acoustic definitely, cause that's got like a, yeah. That's a good I'm vibe so done to turn me over. <laughs> I'm going to write at a, I'm not write. I'm going to just perform the very soulful acoustic version of <laughs> B&L's classic. Yeah. Okay. But I still do think one final thing. I still do think we need a scene where she like talks to her husband's grave about moving on and how she finally feels like she's ready to move on. Is she wearing her Halloween costume while she does this? 
No, it's right before she writes the article, and then right. the article gets published, and okay. then they yeah. celebrate the issue coming out at the Halloween party, and then the man shows up. Do they yeah. have a celebration for every single issue at magazines? Well, it's just coinciding with a Halloween party, and, and people come up and be like, good job on that issue. Yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. Be like, thanks, so you I really a lot of fake dates to right. do it. And they can say, like, you really put your heart into it, and, like, we can tell, like, you know? like <laughs> You really build a lot of expenses to the company for it. <laughs> Everyone should be reinforcing that, like, she's actually in love with the guy that she was only going on fake dates with. Though they don't realize they're saying that. And she's like the just... The way it was written. Wow. Right. <laughs> right. And she's there feeling sad because he's not there. And then he dramatically shows up. Yep. In a, in a flannel. <laughs> in a flannel. In, in, le- a in, in sassy lesbian best friend's flannel. <laughs> Awkwardly worn over his, like, other clothes. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. I dig it. I think this is great. All right. So, guys, let us know in the comments below if you would see our movie (laughs) and if you have any of your own suggestions for additions or subtractions. (laughs) Very certainly. And if there's enough pumpkin spice in it. Oh, yeah. We didn't really talk about it. I mean, you know, she has the pumpkin spice. Like, the first scene could be her, like, super excited because it's pumpkin spice day. Well, no, Pumpkin Spice Day is now tarnished by the memory of the dead husband who died in autumn. She used to like pumpkin spices, but she cannot okay, so partake anymore. She can, but she's sad about it. Yes. Yes, exactly. She'll drink it and just be like, it tastes like sadness. <laughs> yeah. Well, because that can be part of the, like, the whole montage of him, like, dying. Like, that can show, that can be yeah, like maybe how you show the montage of their relationship in, like, five minutes of, like, pumpkin them spice. meeting over pumpkin yeah. spice lattes and then dating over pumpkin spice lattes and then... It's the last thing he drinks before he dies. And he, like, yeah, he brings her pumpkin spice latte while she's giving birth to their child. Or, no, the child's adopted. Oh, they're waiting for the child at the airport and they have pumpkin spice lattes. Yeah. Yeah, I will say, though, Pete's has announced a vanilla cardamom latte. That sounds kind of good. That does actually sound good. I like cardamom. So on that note, we're going to now go into some things that fall apart. (laughs) Instead of falling together. All right, look, I'm a lumberjack now. Can you please let me in? For this final segment, our autumnal theme will go into the um, death theme of autumn, I guess. <laughs> it's things that just fall apart a little bit. And that's kind of that's kind of what autumn is, you know? The leaves fall apart. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The blood-dimmed tide are, is are loosed. Are you just quoting things fall apart? And everywhere the ceremony of innocence is lost. Yes. That's exactly the best last all conviction of the death. Franchises, media, narratives that fell apart. Like, was there a movie that started off real promising and then just, um, you know, when I think of this, I tend to think of TV shows that just, God, those final seasons are unwatchable. Yeah. Um, the best example, I'm going to start with the best example I can think of and, uh, don't at me, Bo and Katie, but Lost. (laughs) Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. yeah, I mean, to be fair, the entire undercurrent of it, like the whole mystery setting aspect of it, that was never something that was meant to be reconciled. But it's just as the seasons dragged on, it became more and more apparent that the showrunners had no idea where they wanted to go with any of this. And they just kind of threw in a bunch of like, once they started time traveling, I think that's where it got real rough. If I, if I'm being perfectly honest, like season four through six, mm. and I think uh, for your reference, Julia Alex was shot in season four. Yeah, 
So it just, uh, it was a good concept. It was very engaging. I was theory crafting right up until the end, but yeah. I realized it was never meant to be anything. <laughs> ah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So just bloop. There it, you go. It feels like a really good example of when, like, they, when showrunners, like, shift an idea and then just kind of lose control over yeah. where it's going. For sure. So I actually think a, another good example of that, and this is one I can speak to with a bit more specificity, because I honestly have not revisited Lost since I screamed at my TV as the finale <laughs> aired. Um, Gilmore Girls. And yeah. By this, like, once, like, Rory started wearing ridiculous, like, outfits every time, every episode. Well, I, th- I think it's more once she left Chilton. Yeah, no, like, once she kind of became a wasp. There's a yeah, point so where what, she, she becomes, started college. yeah, where she becomes like a rich kid, and that's kind of yeah when that show falls apart. Yeah, I mean, her going to Yale instead of Harvard when it had all been building up to Harvard was very contrived. I think they could have made the Yale backdrop work, but they just they didn't know what they were doing. They wanted to have tension with her and Lorelai, and by doing that, they had her just, like, embrace this really disgusting elitist attitude. Mm-hmm. Another part like, of the issue is that... remember when she dropped out of Yale, and then she, she like, runs a fundraiser for Daughters of the American Revolution? Yeah, because she, like, steals a yacht, and then she gets bailed out by her rich grandparents. Yeah. Like, it's a really... It's really gross what they do to her. And, and a big part of that problem, too, is that... um And if you read Yana's reviews of Gilmore Girls, particularly Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life, it's becomes very obvious that Amy Sherman Palladino had a vision where everything is going to come full circle. So she wanted Rory to have her own uh Luke. She wanted Rory to have her own Christopher. And she wanted Rory to end on the note of being pregnant. That was supposed to be the last line. Amy Sherman Palladino left the show before it finished out, and that is not the note they ended it on. But the whole idea is that her Christopher knocks her up, but puts her in a similar position where she wants to raise this kid alone. But of course, obviously, this time with her wonderful mother as a support system. Ah. The original Christopher for the show, this is a very deep dive. I'm sorry if anyone doesn't care, but the original Christopher for the show for Rory, I think, was conceived of as Chad Michael Murray's character Mm -hmm. in Chilton. And then they had to write him out. So they were like, okay, we can wait till Yale to introduce the next rich kid that's going to come along and be her Christopher. That was Logan. And I just don't think that was ever very successful. Because it just ended up her being rude by him because of his money. Yeah. In a very uncomfortable way. And then, then the Raiders were like, well, this is kind of falling apart, but let's just stick Lorelai and Luke together. So they did. And then they're like, well, it's not interesting when couples are together, so let's just break them up for no reason. And then she, didn't she, like, marry Christopher for a hot minute? Yeah, she, like, ran off to Paris. So it just, it, it became something just that it was never meant to be, but I was very, very disappointed in seasons four through six. I don't necessarily think seasons one through three are amazing. No. Watching it now as an adult, like I can appreciate what they're doing with both Lorelai and Rory and relate to them both in weird ways. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's my piece. Mm-hmm. They were always very uncomfortably rich. Like the premises, mm-hmm. Lorelai be like, Oh man. I have to go to my parents' mansion and have this really nice meal cooked for me once a week in exchange for large sums of money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I kind of, I kind of understand where she's coming from 
because it's it's the yeah. control and the infantilization. Yeah. I get that, but it really does come across like the most hashtag first world problems imaginable. Mm. Like, oh my lot in life. I never but, watched yeah. the show, so I don't really have opinions. But it sounds, yeah, it does sound like they made some really weird. They did, and they kind of like just lost some of the snappiness mm. in the dialogue too. Yeah, I mean, like the last season felt completely soulless and like. Oh, yeah. The whole thing with, like, her running the Yale Daily News or whatever it's called in her fabulous designer clothes every day and, like, having a full course load at the same time. And you're just like, okay, that's reasonable. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. But I I think that's one of the best examples I have of just a later season being, like, pretty bad. Um, There's sitcoms that run into this, too. Yeah. Later seasons of Friends. Uh, The last season... The last two seasons of Community, really. I like season four, but... I think it yeah. happens a lot to procedurals as well. Like, especially, like, yes. crime procedurals. You're like, just stop after, like, four seasons. You don't need 12. You really <laughs> don't. It just starts to get really bad. I don't understand how actors can, like, do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How can you play the same, like, completely non-challenging role for 12 years? I don't know. And just, like, narratives get weird. Like, that's when you get the, like... Either really, like, violent and gross, especially with crime procedurals. That's either where you get, like, there's a new serial killer every season who's, like, Mm -hmm. targeting the team or, like, someone gets raped or someone gets murdered or someone is kidnapped or – like, that's when things get weird. Like, with Castle, when, like – This reminded me of Veronica Mars, weirdly. That's not a procedural, but it was the same thing. Right. Well, like, with Veronica Mars, they're trying to make it more marketable by having, like, mini arcs or something, Right. Yeah. That was the whole idea there because the first two seasons were like one big arc for the like one big mystery for the whole season. Yeah, mm. you know what it is. There's a lot of shows that really just have a first season premise and mm-hmm. then can't break can't out from through. that. Right, right. I I mean I also think that American television like lends itself to these problems. One because yeah. we have so many episodes in like a lot of season. It's changing, but yeah. for a long time it was really normal to have like twenty or more episodes in a season and have mm-hmm. like eight, nine, ten, eleven, yeah, twelve. Then, then you end up with a ridiculous schedule, first of all. Right. Like you have to like film an episode every week or else. Right. Yeah. Like, even I, if you have I, no script, like you gotta film an episode. And I think you can like see that <laughs> in a lot of shows. I don't mm-hmm. want to pick on Supergirl all the time, but you can see that there's like rushed scripts. Yeah. It's right. Pretty I mean clear. it's especially obvious in, in Star Trek, like Next Generation. Like you can tell <laughs> You can tell when they're just like, oh, my God, we don't have a script for next week. What's at the bottom of this pile? And then they just kind of, like, make one or two changes to it and go. Usually they change the main character. Really, the shows that I think avoid Mm -hmm. this issue are the ones that come in and say, we have a a, a story to tell in X number of seasons. Right. And, yeah. Which is why I think that, like, American television in general lends itself more to these issues because in – I mean, because I watch a lot of, like – British television and mm-hmm. they tend to just be like, all right, we've got like four seasons and we're going to have 10 episodes a season. So we have like 40 episodes and that's all we're going to do. Like we have a show yeah. that we're going to do in 40 episodes and that's all you're going to get. And sometimes even fewer than that. They'll just be like, we've got a good like 12 episodes and yeah. we'll make that three seasons and that's what you get. Yeah. Oh my God. You know what show is actually the best example of falling apart? What's what? That? The Office. Oh, that went yeah. on it's way like, too long. Way it's like long. almost unwatchable post season five. Yep. Yeah. And season five was pushing it in some places. 
What I yeah, don't understand, like, if the whole premise is that this is, like, a reality show documentary crew that's filming this office, like, why isn't this office notorious now? Why aren't there people, like, camping out, being all like, oh, look, it's the people from the office, and, like, <laughs> I mean, if it's it going on for 12 like- seasons, it must have been a successful reality show. It seems like it wasn't a reality show. They were putting together a documentary and they just needed a lot of footage. I don't know who's possibly sponsoring that. Yeah. That's right? Yeah. But yeah, but no, it, you're right. That's a really good example of a show that you're like, you should have just stopped. Because yeah. like, like season seven is actually cringy to get through it. Yeah. Okay. So you and put in the know. notes that I'm supposed to talk about Star Trek? I don't know. I think so I will like, do that. I'm, I'm okay. thinking about franchises. No, this is a, it's a really good example because <laughs> like, okay, especially with Star Trek Voyager, um, SF Debris actually talks about this a lot in a lot of his Voyager reviews, but basically they had seven seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation. And by the seventh season of Star Trek The Next Generation, you can tell like they were kind of running out of ideas. Like they had this episode where, um, Picard and Data leave the ship and they come back and everyone has de-evolved. so like Riker is some kind of ape man and Barkley has turned into some kind of spider it's ridiculous and stupid and they obviously don't know anything about evolution or genetics or anything but um, at the same time as Star Trek Deep Space Nine at the same time as Next Gen you had Star Trek Deep Space Nine running which was a completely different show. It had a completely different concept. Uh, like the structure of the episodes was totally different. But then after, after, um, after a while, uh, when Next Gen finished, they had Voyager and Voyager was supposed to have like an, a very divergent new concept, which is like they're lost in the middle of like hostile territory. They have no resources. They have no way to communicate. And within like half a season, they had totally chickened out and yep. it was just TNG with much less good characters. Yep. <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. I absolutely, that's such a great, yeah. Yep. Yep. That's I mean, SF Debris talks it. about it a lot. Like he says, the turning point is this episode called alliances where they have an opportunity to like make alliances and they don't take it because they're going to live up to the Star Trek ideals. And like that show was just, so still, I know it has its fans and its defenders, but like nothing about that show was innovative. Nothing about it was like, there's like maybe a handful of good episodes and like maybe like one good character, like Seven of Nine is an interesting character as a concept, but like she w- spends the entire series in a cat suit and it's really yeah. hard to take her seriously, even though she deserves it as a character. That's what frustrates me the most is like, yeah. as a, in theory, Seven of Nine is a really interesting mm-hmm character because you have someone who is literally like mind controlled Mm -hmm. all of their life is suddenly is given independence and like how how do you think independently if all you know is like a collective hive mind how do you think as an individual and as a person but yeah she spends the whole time wearing like no, it, what it, is it, basically it's like a like, spray painted on costume. Yeah. It's so form fitting because like as a character like she has no libido like she has no reproductive like instinct. Right. But they sexualize her so much. It's the most bizarre thing. She's she's <laughs> one of the most hyper – I would say yeah. she's probably the most hyper-sexualized female character in all of Star Trek canon mm-hmm. precisely just because she's she's not just like a one-off. Like I'm sure yeah. there are other female characters that like – Like the famous in a one-off blue episode, dancing lady. Right? Or who are like green, more sorry. male gazy or yeah. whatever. But like in terms of like the overall amount of time that she just like exists as primarily an object – to be ogled because of her, like, costuming. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I think and it's like, just so distracting from something that like a character that really deserves to be taken more seriously. Right. Um, and then like there was another attempt to go in a completely new direction with Enterprise. And that also failed basically because there was the same creative team that was behind Voyager. And the first two seasons were just like boring, just like boring, like people exploring state, like the most generic, like think generic Star Trek. And that was the first two seasons. And they tried something really new with the third season and I actually liked it, but like I mm. seem to have been one of the few people who actually liked the Zindi arc. And then they fired everyone basically for the fourth season. But by then it was just too late and they canceled the show after a very promising, like, kind of, like, you know, soft reboot of the series. And, like, I think the thing about Star Trek, you can especially see it in the feature movies, the next-gen movies, not the new ones with Abrams or whatever, is that like they're so – they were so concerned with what Star Trek is supposed to be. It's kind of mm. like the Disney thing, right? Like – right. It's that uh, you have a very clear image of what a Disney movie is supposed to be, and you can't stray from that. They had a very clear vision, like this is what a Star Trek episode is supposed to look like. It's like what is it? Brand consistency, brand yeah. integrity. Yeah, like they had a very strong sense of brand integrity. I mean, that's this is why I'll defend Discovery till my dying day because it's doing something new. Yeah, and people bitch that like, they said the same thing about Deep Space Nine. This isn't Star Trek. This isn't Star Trek. Which is like, yeah, but it's something different. Like you can tell, like. I like, you know, like I mean, it's it's like the last Spock's Jedi. long lost sister and everything. I get it, but like, at least it's trying something new, you know? Right? Yeah. Like it actually did something not stupid with the mirror universe, which you should have seen some of Deep Space Nine mirror universe episodes. Oh my, gosh. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm I mean, talking I guess- about hypersexualizing people for no reason. Yeah, I mean, Kira, mm. evil, mirror Kira, the intendant, yes, yay, mm, the intendant. Mm, it's, it's another depraved bisexual, yeah, right. Hey, didn't you guys say that Dune was going to come up too? Oh yeah, I did. You that's put in me. the notes. <laughs> yay, that's me. So, um, because I read more books, just that, a hunch, uh, right? Yeah, I read more books than I watch television. But in the vein of sci-fi, I wonder. It's interesting that like we've got several. So basically, all of the things on this list are sci-fi except for Gilmore Girls. Um, cause I classify, and the Office. Or The Office, yeah. But Lost, I'd say, is sci-fi too. Um, yeah. So the thing with Dune and Ender, so these are my two things, is they have a very similar problem. And it's a very similar problem to Lost. Um, but it's almost, funnily enough, the opposite problem with what happened to Star Trek. Because Star Trek just, like, lost all sense of, like, doing something new. Mm-hmm. And, like, ran for a while and just, like, ran itself into the ground doing the same formula. Um, whereas with Dune, the books, um, though I could say it translates into the, the adapt, no, doesn't translate into the adaptations because the adaptations stop where the books yeah, stop being good. Yeah, the stuff the children of Dune, yeah. Um, and it's, it's the same problem with, with the Ender books, if anyone has read them, is that just after a while, the world building got too big. Yeah. And, the writer, so Frank Herbert, who wrote Dune, and then Orson Scott Card, who wrote the Ender series, just seemed to kind of – their story got too big for them to really control like what was Matrix going Revolutions on. Right. Yeah, like, like right. At, at some point, like, I haven't read Past Children of Dune. I'm one of those people. But, like, I've read, like, summaries and stuff, and you're just like, what the fuck? Oh, I tried. I tried to read God Emperor like, Dune. Like, Leto is like a giant worm or something. Yeah. And, yeah. like, Paul becomes Arrakis a giant. is covered in grass. Right, because Paul becomes a giant worm. And then, like, everyone is psychic, right. so nobody's psychic. That's the right, whole, that's the golden path, apparently. 
Right, because he can see the future. The God yeah. Emperor of Dune can see the future of everybody. Except for other people can also tell the future. Right. and So, so the he point did, is to get everyone to be able to see the future. He, like, genetically engineers this new race of beings whose yeah. future he can't see because he's bored. Like, I tried to read God Emperor of Dune. I tried because I'm a completist. So I don't like stopping in the middle of series. But I got, like, a chapter in, and I was like, I don't even think Frank Herbert knows what his story is about anymore. Like, I don't even think he understands his own book anymore. And I had the same feeling when I was reading Ender. Like, I read Ender's Game, and then it's Xenocide, which is really good, and then it's Speaker for the Dead, which is my favorite. I loved Speaker for the Dead. It was such a good book. But it ends in in kind of a weird way, and then I tried to pick up Children of the Mind, which is the next book, and was like... I don't know what's happening anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Frank, I don't think Orson Scott Card does either. Like, I don't even know if he knows what his world's about anymore. Like, his world building just feels really out of control. Yeah, I mean, um, this one guy in a subway I got into a conversation with, and I was just like, I didn't understand the ending to the Matrix movies. And he's just like, oh, well, it's all about Hinduism. And I was like, okay. And then so he goes on in this, like, long explanation about how like, this is super consistent with Hindu mythology. And I'm just like, all right, but... I still don't understand what's going on. Right. Right. And, and yeah, like, like there's like, like there's a point where you just kind of get like so convoluted, so high minded. Right. That it's like, you're trying to figure out like the mysteries, like you're trying to figure out the answer to life universe and everything within the fictional universe that you made. But just Mm -hmm. like, why shouldn't I care about that as someone who wants to read a story, you know, like, Right. It's the problem. Like, this is what happens when the point of your story becomes the world building instead of the characters. Yeah. It's because like, they, like, they, your story starts to fall apart because all you're doing is telling me about the world. And I'm like, well, I only care about the world because these people live in exactly. it. Exactly. And there are like people who live, I, I'm never going to find out the ultimate mysteries of the universe. No. Why should fictional character, you right. know, like, and yeah. So I don't get I un- the appeal of Paul Atreides, to tell you the truth. He's like my least favorite character in that series. <laughs> I understood very little of what you guys were saying, Princess but it sure sounded angry. Team Princess Irland. I will say, uh, before we conclude, there is one more show I think we should put on this list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it started off pretty well, but then like somewhere around, oh, say, hmm, season five. It got like incomprehensible. I was wondering when this was going to come up because in the back you know of my what? mind, had, I was like, "There's we no had not way." We mentioned it once. This into- no, we did. I mentioned Daenerys. No, once. honestly, I, I was thinking about it mm-hmm. in a in a kind of like roundabout way because I was thinking there are some people who would argue a song of ice and fire is falling apart right now because mm-hmm. you know the boring ones just came out. Whatever, um, like ten years ago. But okay. like, <laughs> I, I mean, in terms of literally falling apart, like Game of Thrones is you know, the cart that got pushed off the tracks mm-hmm. and now it's like hurtling off of a cliff. But it's still winning Emmys. Out. Well, because everyone uh, aboard is like, this is the best ride I've ever been on. It's Maybe so it's enjoyable. supposed to fall apart. Mm. It's all the part of the plan. It's, it's, yeah, I trust it's, a, it's a theme. <laughs> Things fall oh my apart. God. Even, the, even yeah. this show. Even the coherence. Every mm. Tuesday, Julia and I participate in a rewatch project where we go back through an episode where oh crap i need to watch blackwater yeah i need to watch i have no idea when i'm gonna watch it I, my kid's birthday parties tomorrow i need to send it out oh yeah, then he has a bad. sleepover Ugh. Oh, God. i have to yeah, okay so, so i know my plans for tonight <sighs> uh, but yeah we're gonna be on blackwater now i think we're only going through season four there's really no reason to relitigate season five through seven but we might have like 
a season in review podcast for them or something like that. Because, like, hey, remember when Larry and Braun snuck behind a donkey cart? <laughs> it was Yay. a donkey carrying bananas, first of all. It wasn't a cart. It was all loaded on the donkey. Yeah, the donkey toting bananas. Yes. But that happened. That, like, actually happened. They snuck Married into the water gardens happened. where the prince lives. <laughs> yeah, so basically we don't want to bog down this this uh chat with it anymore also the official results are in julia you are not an autumn you are a winter or at least my sister thinks so really so you are not on theme for this episode get out of here i feel oddly vindicated but also like not but also yes for reasons i think you understand kylie yes absolutely but i will send you your palette okay thank and you then you can color coordinate from there now, in the comments below, why don't you let us know what piece of media or franchise or whatnot you think fell apart? Maybe not the most drastically. I don't see how anything's going to take the cake over Game of Thrones, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, and also let us know, like, what is an autumnal movie? Because I'm not 100% sure we have a grasp on that other than sweaters. <laughs> sweaters and people dying, apparently. Yeah, You have to have a dying person. I'm sorry. And maybe football. Hmm. Football. Going back to school. Absolutely. Going football. back to school. And if you liked this episode, please share it with a friend. That makes it more special. <laughs> yep. That's all I got. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, check out thefandamentals.com to keep up with us uh, in between our episodes. And otherwise, thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Coming this October. I'm so green, it's really amazing. I'm so clean, too bad I can't get all the dirt off me. I'm so sane, it's driving me crazy. It feels just like I'm falling for the first time Anyone perfect must be lying Anything easy has its cost Anyone plain can be lovely Anyone loved can be lost What if I lost my direction? What if I lost a sense of time? What if I nurse this infection? Maybe the worst is behind. It feels just like I'm falling for the first time. It feels just like I'm falling for the first time.